Hello and welcome to Insights, the podcast of Elite Admit. Uh, we're talking about all things graduate school. Uh, today we'll be talking uh, to an MBA student um, and talking about uh, banking and auditing and, and some really interesting things. Uh, but we like to cover the whole experience from application to school itself to what do you do once you graduate. Uh, and I think we're going to get a, a great perspective of that uh, today by talking to Patty, who is our guest. So Patty, can you please introduce yourself? Hi, Dan. I'm Patty. I'm currently an MBA student at Oxford. And I prior joining an MBA, I worked with PwC for almost six years. I worked as an auditor for my first three years, and then I um, was selected to be a part of an M&A team within PwC for two and a half years. And then, yeah, I joined um, MBA Oxford University. Okay. And so the M&A, so was it a just kind of a surprise move into advisory through M&A? Or was it like, okay, I'm done being an auditor. I'm ready to move into advisory, which which of course does happen. Uh, it's not a surprise move. I actually like try to apply for it because I feel like um, I I learned enough from auditor role. I want to learn something new, have something more like challenging. And at that time, in an um application is open within PwC and like my director and managers are very supportive and they like share me up to apply for um, an m a team they think it will suit me too and I like have a chance to um, work with them for one month before applying so I really enjoy working in in an MA team that's great um, and it is so helpful I mean we we definitely work with a lot of auditors auditors Auditing is a very difficult industry, not just yeah. to work in, but to apply from, because the stories are pretty similar, you know. Uh, yeah, and I know this fact too, because I I always dream to like apply for M- MBA. Okay. So, so I re- when I realized that I, it's one of the reason that I moved to M and A team too. I see. And you knew seniors, right? You knew people that had applied and been through this experience. So you yes. already knew I'm going to need these kind of stories. I know how interviews going to work. Like it does help to know people who've been through it. Yes, exactly. Like my older sister um, also started MBA program and she has a friend who was an auditor. So she realized like, how, how hard it is to apply for an MBA right. as an auditor. Yeah. No, we actually make it a point to work with auditors because other people either won't or can't uh, because it's just such a tough industry to describe well because auditing is amazing. Uh, it's a great foundation uh, for understanding how businesses operate, right? I mean, it is such yeah. a deep dive into the operations. It's a great school, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, it helps you in advisory. Everybody I know mm-hmm. who's made that move feels like they're better as a consultant because they've been an auditor and they just mm-hmm. know things that other people wouldn't. Yeah, I would not like discount anything about it. It's, it's a really great school. It teaches you a lot. But again, if you want to apply for an MBA, it's quite tough if you not get like an impactful project to right. work with. So you cannot choose the project to work in. So that's the most difficult part. Right. Well, and you have no idea what's going to happen. You have no idea if there's <laughs> going to be discrepancies. You have no idea if there, if you're going to find something interesting or cool or whatever, yeah. right? 
So, um, so yeah, uh, auditing, I think, uh, is really important, really interesting, but, uh, you never know what you're going to find. So for example, I had an auditor that did end up going to Columbia, but he was, well, both smart and fortunate, but, uh, you know, he found this thing that they had missed for years and years and years, uh, because they had all these like little $6 transactions, you know what I mean? They had millions of tiny transactions that just kind of flew under the radar. He discovered it, did a deep dive and realized, oh my God, there's a lot of these <laughs> and it's a problem for, for whatever reason. But yeah, you can't like, know not that so going many into... people will, will find such like exactly. things. <laughs> so, right. like, like I work for three years, I cannot find such like <laughs> Right, right. And so you're great at your job, but you're not going to necessarily come across those things. Yes. So, um, so uh, uh, auditing to, to advisory, uh, you know, a pretty uh, uh, popular uh, mm-hmm. movement, because as you said, you get new exposures, you get new industries. And mm-hmm. of course, it does help with the MBA application process. So um, and of course, you're at the top uh, auditing firm, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, the big four are all all good. Yeah. I think PwC is, is really uh, the most famous for it in, in, mm-hmm. in Thailand. Um, and it does have a strong advisory. Uh, so, you know, for example, uh, KPMG, great auditing, but you know, advisory is not as developed yeah. as say PwC. The team just like developed like in a past few year. I, right. If I'm so. not wrong, yeah. No, you're right. Uh, we definitely see, have some KPMGs, and um, but that's its own interesting thing. I think mm-hmm. uh, the other thing to know about applications is whatever your situation is, just make it make it positive. Yes. If your company's been doing advisory for 20 years, brag about it. If they've been doing it for two years, brag about that. <laughs> like, there's always there's always yeah, an angle. There's room right? like for an opportunity. Absolutely. So your application process went really well. Obviously, you had auditing, plus you got to do this really cool M&A project. Um, And I kind of wanted to jump ahead because you then went through something uh, that our clients are going through right now, uh, (laughs) which is choosing schools, which is the ideal outcome. It's tough, but isn't it exciting? For a lot of people, they just hope. They go wherever they get accepted. Right. They only get accepted yeah. to one it's school. It's a good problem so. to have. <laughs> exactly. Agreed. Good problem to have. That's what I tell everybody. Because if you go through this and you only apply to, uh, you know, three or four schools, you're just going to end up going wherever you're accepted yeah. and you may not be accepted anywhere. But, um, you know, we don't do anything smaller than a six school package because we want people to have those choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe in uh, your situation, uh, we were talking a little bit before this, but you had four offers that you seriously considered and they all impacted each other because yeah. specifically because of scholarships and then the ability to tell one school like, hey, this school offered me money. Do you want to offer me money? Uh, yes. I don't think people like know that they get to do that. <laughs> Absolutely. It's negotiating and it's important, right? Yeah. Uh, so you're doing two things at the same time. Which school is best for me? But mm. also, can I use a financial offer from a school that I ne- don't necessarily want to help me get money from the school I want the most, right? Mm-hmm. So your four offers, can you walk us through, uh, you mentioned three earlier, but I know there were four. So can you walk us through the four acceptances? Yeah, like the first offer that I got is, uh, was Imperial College. Mm-hmm. Um, they offer me an, a scholarship right away together with an offer letter and then I think like a few days later I got an offer from Cambridge which like um, 
two days later, I got um, a scholarship offer too. Um, and then I think a week later, I got an offer from Oxford, but without scholarship. Mm-hmm. And then I got an offer from Yale, and that's without a scholarship too. So All right. those so, are very like, interesting <laughs> universities. Yeah, no. I mean, they're all uh, great schools, but I, I also, for all the listeners out there, I think you can imagine the evolution of excitement, right? Imperial is a great school yeah. and you're excited about it, but suddenly you get Cambridge plus money and you're like, wow, this is amazing. And then suddenly you <laughs> yes. get Oxford, which in your case was your dream school. And then you're even more excited. Yes. <laughs> and then you get Yale, which is an Ivy League in the United States. And that's, of course, super exciting as well. But then you had to make a decision of two things. What's best for you? You know, mm-hmm. what's your best fit? Um, and then also financially, right? What's the, uh, is, for example, a two-year MBA worth it? It's yeah, twice as much price. money. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, can you tell us about your decision-making process and how mm-hmm. you used those multiple acceptances to your advantage? <laughs> sure. I think the thought process, I think is not beginning at the day you got an offer. It's actually begin since like, you want to apply for an MBA program. You have to did the school research, like what is the best suit for you. You have to like know and realize that what you want in your future, what is your dream job, because each school like has its own like um, specialties. Mm-hmm. Like because I really um, into the sustainability and social impact um, issues. So I my dream schools are always Oxford and Yale. But I know like applying for only two business schools is too risky. Right, <laughs> so I right. apply for like I think um I think eight actually and I got yeah. like fifty percent of of what I apply. Which is awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's four and that's good enough. So when I like when I got an offer, so I feel really happy with Oxford and Yale. But again, like they did not offer me a scholarship. So I just have to decide like, what I need to do. And these two school Oxford and Yale like has higher tuition fee than Imperial and Cambridge. Mm-hmm. So like but then I like I discussed with you uh, with Dane and uh, one way that we can do is just like <laughs> negotiate with them. Um, and I remember I told them that um, we draft an email and told them that um, this um, to quite similar like school in terms of ranking and reputation offer me an, a scholarship this much amount of money. Like, do you like <laughs> have any offer for me and give them like um, a decision, a deadline date that uh, Cambridge would like want to hear back from me? Because I think, I think the day that I got an offer from Oxford, um, the decision that I need to make on for Cambridge is like next three days, so it's very right. tight. Very yeah, tight. So I just like <laughs> wrote an email to them, and they and Oxford replied to me like within like next day that okay, they want to give me a scholarship too, and like even like more than what Cambridge offers. So that's awesome. pretty 
awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's such a classic thing. I mean, they want people that are wanted, right? And they know you have other options and they know they have to compete for students. And I think everybody's used to the idea that, that you have to try to get into schools and you're competing with other people to get into the best schools in the world. But on the other side, the schools are competing to get the best students. And so when you tell them very plainly, I have other options and here's the dollar sign or pound sign next to it, uh, they start competing for you, which is such a fantastic experience. Uh, And a common one in that uh, Cambridge announces before Oxford a lot on purpose. Uh, And so and the deposit is huge in the UK. The deposit in the US is usually three thousand dollars. The deposit in the UK is between six thousand and ten thousand pounds. It's a lot. I think it's like almost 50% of the tuition fee. I don't know why it's this much. Yeah. There's three different stages. And so sometimes, yeah, there's that stage, right? But just to hold your spot uh, is usually, um, and again, it depends on the situation. It depends on the round, uh, but it can be, uh, like I said, 6,000 to 10,000 pounds. Once you get to a certain stage, they want half the money. Uh, Mm -hmm. Right now, what they're doing is they're saying, if you pay, great, but you have 10 days to get a refund. uh, Because I think they know that that it's an issue. Um, yeah. And people, of course, ask for deferral delays in, in that payment. But, um, you know, that's still a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in terms of Cambridge, I just realized it depends on your um, interview date. Because yep. I, like, select an interview date quite early. So I get an offer, like, very early. If, right. uh, if you want to, like, if you don't uh, want to stress, like, about... Um, that you have to make a decision very early. I suggest like anyone who apply for can be select an interview date like quite later. Yeah, but that's risky too because it's rolling admissions, which means they may have filled up those spots. So if they meet you three weeks later, they may not be as impressed Mm. as if they had met you three weeks earlier. So it's a bit of a, it's a bit from the consulting side, it's risky. And there's, and you're always trying to think about everything right um mm. maybe so, apply early and then if you like really cannot make a decision maybe just like email them <laughs> that's what we do. What can do yeah, yeah. and they t- tend to say yes uh mm. but it's still a process and and again you need a consultant that's going to help you with all of that yeah. because if you get an offer and obviously your essays are perfect and everything else is perfect and suddenly you're drafting your own emails with no help uh, yeah. and it, you're asking, Hey, give me 10,000 pounds, but I made five grammar mistakes. Um, it's going to be wonder a lot who is this? <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, we help people all the way through the process. And I think that's really important because, you know, especially toward the end, you're negotiating, uh, for pretty substantial amounts of money. Um, our goal is always to get enough scholarships to pay mm-hmm. for our fees, uh, <laughs> so, uh, that it's a break even and you got to go to the best schools in the world and consulting was free. So that's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but regardless, you need, uh, to make sure you do all of these things perfectly. And I think you bring mm-hmm. up a great point, which is if you, if you interview later, the offer will come later, which means the deposit is due later. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interview earlier, uh, but you maybe have a better chance and yeah. then, but, but the downside is that that, that uh, deposit is due earlier. So mm-hmm. uh, it's awesome that Oxford was that quick and not only mm-hmm. responded and not only matched, but actually exceeded the Cambridge yeah. offer, which said to you, like, we want you. And now's a good time to point out to everybody. Everybody's like, should I apply for a scholarship when I apply? 
we tell everyone, no, if they want to give you money, they'll give you money. Yeah, they will give you. <laughs> right. Um, so you can do a couple of things. A lot, as you said, Imperial is kind of the classic where it, the offer and the uh, scholarship usually come together, uh, which is mm. nice. Uh, for Cambridge, it was a couple days different. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Oxford, you had to ask for it, and then they gave it to you. So you kind of got all three uh, examples of that. Yes. Um, and then LBS, for example, will do. Uh, they have a big scholarship where it's like mm-hmm. you have to write four new essays, three new essays, uh, and that's a mix between need based and merit based. Like that's a really wow. official kind of thing. Um, and, but but normally it's just like, how bad do you want me? Do you want me? <laughs> yes. You know. 7,000 pounds, 10,000 pounds, 20,000 pounds. How much do you want me at your school? Uh, So that's cool. And then you got to go to your dream school. As you said, it has sustainability. Um, Also, the town of Oxford is awesome. You can't discount. Yeah, I like the town too. (laughs) I mean, you're going to be living somewhere for a long time. It's important, right? Mm -hmm. So can you tell us about your Oxford experience? Just anything. Mm. Mm, It's I think it's like a dream. I actually like have been in Oxford, I think, eight years ago, and I really love it. So that's also the reason why I want to stay in Oxford. It's like you can walk to everywhere in the town and you can bike like safely. That's that's awesome because you can enjoy the nature and also like the historical side, like fully experience the Hogwarts wipe right <laughs> you can yeah and with with like um the university card you can enter to like any college and experience the dining hall like including the harry potter dining hall and the um, yeah harry potter nurse room <laughs> right it's enter amazing to like any um faculty um library faculties so nice. that's awesome it's, you can like totally feel like this is Another privilege that Oxford student got that you can enter to any building. Right. So you're not mm-hmm. limited. I mean, you do have to choose a, co- uh, a college where you'll live. Yeah. Uh, but like the Bodleian is, I mean, this amazing, super yeah. famous library. But regardless of your choices, you're still going to have access to that. Yes, yes, right? you can. Yeah. Okay. And I, I actually was randomly um, put into a college because I applied for... Um, Row three, mm. <laughs> so that that's not a lot of space available at that time. So if if anyone want to like choose like a very fancy <laughs> college, like I suggest you to apply for row one and row right. two. <laughs> right, okay. Um, but I mean, even the college that you were placed in, it's still pretty nice, right? I mean, it may not be the dream one, but I mean, did yeah, you feel like it was still one, a good experience? Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so you can walk everywhere, you can bike everywhere. Uh, so very pedestrian very friendly. Mm-hmm. Colleges are looking for you. Exactly. Very safe, very intimate community. People are looking out for bicycles. Everyone rides a bike. Uh, yeah, so almost that's everyone, cool. yeah. <laughs> right. So you'll see bikes everywhere, uh, bicycles everywhere. Um, and so, and really small roads, because it's an old town. It's really Yes, it's an old quaint. town. <laughs> right. Um, it's like... And it's very like close to other city, big city to like just one hour to London, like not, uh, I think it's like 15 minutes to Bath and uh, Bristol. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice town. And I think and the I want other thing. Near, near Oxford too, if you love shopping. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. I didn't even know that was there. Uh, <laughs> but 
Yeah, uh, train travel uh, in England is fantastic, and and it's mm-hmm. small. And if you're from Bangkok, where it takes an hour to get out of the parking lot, uh, it's really <laughs> <Yes>. nice. <laughs> but this is like just... one hour to London. <laughs> exactly. You jump on a train. You and the train stations are in the middle of town. Obviously, London has you know six, eight huge train stations. So it depends mm-hmm. on where you're coming from. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, you jump on a train, and then you arrive, and you're already in the middle of the city, close to a tube station, a, mm-hmm. a subway you know, yeah. station. Um, and so it's just really easy to get around. You said bath was 15 minutes away for people that don't know bath. Oh, so, I mean, sorry, 50, 50, 50, sorry. 50, five, zero. <laughs> sorry. <bad. laughs> um, but still awesome. Uh, yeah. that you can get to bath. Um, I've only been a couple of times, but you know, they have that church with the angels climbing up the ladders yeah, or something like that. Nice. I mean, it's beautiful. <laughs> right. Uh, so just a great way to experience, uh, the UK. Right. Mm -hmm. You're not limited to the town that you're in. It's not like the U.S. where you're like, I'm in Chicago, so everything is three hours away. (laughs) (gasps) Right. By plane. By plane. (laughs) Not by train. Yeah. No, it's totally different. So, I mean, Kellogg is cool because, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's uh, you can take uh, the train into Chicago. But again, just not the U.K. is small. Getting Uh, into Kellogg is cool enough. (laughs) Yeah. Now, people are, of course, excited about that. But I mean, you got into Yale is an Ivy, uh, still a top 10 Ivy. That's a huge, I mean, I have plenty of people that that's their dream school. That's their version <laughs> of, I, of Hogwarts. Like, I mean, if I decided to go to, to went to Yale last year, I would be like the only Thai. Really? Year. Yeah. Uh, I talked to the alumni and he said that no, like it's appeared that this year, no, like no Thai Thais will enter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's one of our problems that we have uh, is that there are schools that people get into but don't attend, and they tend to always be the same. So, for example, Chicago Booth, oh. people is fantastic, right? Uh, yeah, fantastic. Technically, it's, it's ranked number one right now. Uh, it's not, I mean, realistically, it's always Harvard, Stanford, Wharton, mm-hmm. MIT, but Booth <laughs> is way up there, right? Uh, yeah. But the people that get into Booth also get into MIT. And they inevitably mm. choose MIT or yeah. they get the Kellogg uh, and Kellogg, while not as highly ranked, is more fun. <laughs> and does, <laughs> uh, you know, does have, uh, you know, this pathway to consulting, tons of trips, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So you'll have people get into Yale, but not necessarily attend. Um, and so that's one of the problems we have is people want Yale until they and, and they still want it. But when they also get Kellogg. <laughs> uh, they inevitably choose that. Yeah. Right? So, uh, but Oxford and Cambridge, you're going to have people not only get in, but go. So what is your class size for ties for your for year? ties? Um, there are eight people in my years. Um, two of them differ from last year. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a, but see, that's the same thing. I think we just had eight people get in in the same round. So it's the same where people get in, but don't necessarily go, especially yeah. because of Oxford, Cambridge, right? So people yeah. that apply to one apply to the other. So I think we had eight Oxford, eight Cambridge. But like you said, they'll split up. So it'll be four yes, to four. Yes, right. It's like I like it's surprisingly um, in three like very famous um, MBA program in the UK: LBS, Cambridge, yep. and Oxford. There are yep. eight Thai in each. In each. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Same thing. We had seven LBS, but I mean, I love LBS too. I love Oxford. I love Cambridge. But um, the other thing is people have to make really tough decisions about mm-hmm. just how much is it. LBS is twice as long, so it's more expensive. Yeah. Uh, it's also in London, which makes it more expensive. Yeah, uh, 
And so you do have to make some tough decisions about that uh, or U.S. versus U.K. And, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of decision making. But again, these are good problems to have. <laughs> yeah, so. I would suggest that, like, go back to, like, see what you really want, like, in your long term. What is your long term goals and, like, choose the school that really close to your goal. It don't have to be, like, it doesn't have to be, like, the school with higher rank is maybe like the lower rank school too. Yeah. Um, and in fact, I have, uh, speaking of and with Yale on our mind, I knew a guy that really wanted public policy as part of his MBA. Oh. So he got into Kellogg, but chose Yale, which is a tough decision for people to make. Mm-hmm. But he wanted that public policy background that Yale is so yeah, Yale famous is for. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it was better for him. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. uh, tough decisions to make. But as you said, you have to decide what's best for you. But also, you have to get those offers first. Yes. <laughs> yes. Make your decisions after you get offered, not before. So, uh, <laughs> keep those doors open. Like you said, you applied to eight schools, got four, and then made your decision. Um, mm-hmm. So, Oxford was uh, obviously it was storybook. You had been there, you knew that it was a really cool place to live. Yes. What about the sustainability angle? Did you get all of that? Yes, I get I get all of that. Like since the launch week before the call call start, they emphasize on the sustainability a lot. They invite like great CEO from Unilever, the company that's famous for um the sustainability. They invite a lot of like guest speaker, and we get a chance to um see like the debate between Oxford Union and their topic is about like will if I'm not wrong it's about will the corporate world change um make a change in time mm. I mean like in times of like global warming and like yeah. any like systematic problem so it's very like nice experience for anyone who interested in like social impact and in every cause um I I haven't started the elective yet, so I cannot like speak about that for for the core course. Even in like the accounting course itself, they mentioned about the, how to measure ESG. What, wow! Yeah, so it's very cool place for like anyone who interested in social impact angle. That's great. Again, accounting. Wow, what a great example. Because ESG is the thing that everybody's talking about. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, we work with KBank very closely, and ESG has just become part of their DNA because that comes down from Kun Katia, their CEO. And so it's just something mm-hmm. they're thinking about but but we see it with all other companies you know scg has mm-hmm. been ta- talking about uh their uh, version of it but now it's biocircular green that's thailand 4.0 so uh, these are things that different companies are talking about because the country's talking yeah. about it, the world's talking about it in terms of sbs it's like in like they talk about how to like apply it in real life and they also like um they also invite, um, that's my bad, I cannot really remember the name. They invite mm-hmm. um, a professor who invented the balance call card idea from the US. Like, yeah. Nice. That's amazing. So you're getting to hear all these really great speakers uh, who, well, I mean, those are two great examples. You have the academic side. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have the professional side. You had Unilever yes. come in and talk about yeah. it as well. Um and then, as you said, even in accounting, you're talking about, yeah, about how to ESG, literally like measure every it. Every class. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. 
Uh, and that's one of the concerns about sustainability is, is how do you measure it? I mean, that's the big yes, challenge, right? Big Are we good at it? Are we bad at it? Did we just do a bunch of TV commercials? Did we plant one tree? Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> uh, because CSR has always tried to touch on ESG, but it's not a main core part of your business, right? Hmm. Um, and it's just usually been done historically for newspapers, right? <laughs> yes, it's like, it's, it's like just a greenwash or it's really a thing that company care about. <laughs> yes. And I love that you use that phrase. So for everybody out there, you know, we they call it greenwashing. And, uh, and, and what it means is that you look green, but you're not green. Uh, <laughs> and that is a huge issue for a lot of companies. So if you want to work in sustainability, you have to dive below the surface and, and make sure, mm-hmm. um, you know, that you really understand what they're doing and how they're doing it. Yeah, and it's not necessarily that um, you need to work in NGO or like um, be in social impact fund. Like sustainability is like concept can be applied for any like corporate job. So it's it's nice if you like care about um, what will impact our role in the long run. I love it. Uh, I love that it's happening because I've I've been doing this for fifteen years, and obviously wow. I come from a background where I've always cared about this kind of stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. We work with the United Nations, we work with NGOs, we work with refugees, we work with environmental groups. These are things that are really important to us as a, well, me as a person and therefore us as a company because it's my company. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, but, you know, historically the way to do that was to do pro pro bono consulting uh, Mm -hmm. for the UN or the NGOs. And as you point out, now you can actually do it through the corporate world. Yeah. I think it's like will be more impactful because um the corporate role like if it like start to act by itself imagine like it maybe um a very big company like Pepsi Inco or Unilever or P&G like start to act and have a, stra- a st- sustainability strategy it will be like more impactful than like have NGO or activists push them to do it. Right. No, absolutely. If you're just mm-hmm. doing it because the UN is telling you to, you're going to probably not do it real well anyway. Yeah. Uh, but also, it's not going to be sustainable. You're going to have one event, take a bunch of pictures and, and call it a day. But if it becomes part <laughs> of your DNA. in front of the newspaper. <laughs> I know, such classic stuff. But we've all seen it, right? Yeah. Uh, but like you said, if these big companies can do it, and you mentioned PepsiCo, um, but uh, they own a bunch of brands. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just Pepsi. It's all these other yeah. things. But in Thailand, you have the same thing, right? So Central Group mm. owns all these things. It's not just yeah, the mall. CP they own the group. stores in the mall. CP Group, of course, is one of the largest private uh, conglomerates in the world. Mm-hmm. So they own everything. So if they are going to do it at, at as a group, they're going to do it at CPF, CPL, True, uh, 7-Eleven, yeah. right? You're going to get it all the way down. Imagine like, how impact it would be to the country. So Yeah, it's for huge. sure. And, uh, but even companies that you maybe don't think of as obviously as CP or central, but like minor group that Mm -hmm. owns all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's not just hotels, but you also have, uh, restaurants. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's funny because you'll go to some minor group hotels, uh, like in Phuket, for example, and you'll see like, oh, there's a Swinson's here. Oh, there's a, you know, (laughs) um, and it looks like, hey, we have all this different stuff, but it's just their other brands. Right. I'm pretty sure that Heineke started. Uh, pizza company. Um, so mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, used to be, uh, and I think he brought in Pizza Hut and then realized 
he could start Pizza Company and, and kind of tailor it toward Thais. Um, so anyway, uh, there's plenty of examples in Thailand of Thai companies, same thing. Uh, yes. You change it at the top and it trickles down uh, mm-hmm. to the entire group. So a lot of opportunity for that to happen in these conglomerates in Thailand. Yes, of course. And exciting to be a part of that. And so that was something that was important to you. Um, mm-hmm. And so how are you, again, I, I know what the answer to this is, so it's not going to sound classic because uh, <laughs> you're not going to the UN or an NGO. Uh, tell us the internship you got uh, uh, or the job. Is this an internship? It's or a, a full-time job. Full-time offer. So that's awesome. Yeah. You're not even in your electives yet. And you already have a full-time <laughs> offer. Um, quite surprising that the right. offer like it's very like early in july that's yeah, yeah that's that's amazing so uh for people that are worried that in a 10-month program like uh oxford that you can't turn that into working abroad that of course is not true right yeah it's not true so what did you get um i got um a full-time offer from city group as like um, the role is financial management association basically it's like management trainee within financial department um like in terms of difficulty i would say it's not easy (laughs) but it's not too difficult to try and like apply for it and i think it's also because of experience and your background too if you Mm -hmm. like apply for something really like close and um to your past experience you will get higher chance to got accepted but if you like really want to um change your career part is might be challenging yeah a pivot Mm -hmm. is always harder yeah yeah and i think it also depends on company size too if it's a very small company they might not have enough fun to sponsor your um visa for uh at least five years because you have Mm -hmm. to stay for five years before being eligible to be a UK um, resident. Right. Yeah. Uh, and again, this is even harder because post-Brexit, a lot of those banking jobs moved uh, to Brussels. Yeah. So uh, you're, but you got a banking job in London. That's the dream. Uh, yeah. So uh, can you tell us, so why, why is this such a cool, you know, you said it's a management trainee, which usually means rotations. Mm-hmm. What does this mean for you, and and why was it uh, a target for you? Mm. I I knew that I love like financial anal- analysis, so and I and I want to like jump from a professional role to that of corporate. So I'm looking for something that like I can really utilize my financial analysis skills and in the corporate world, not not in like a professional world. So when a school like um, launched and they, they always a website for MBA program to look for any job um, offer um, this month. So I look into it and try to like search in everyone, any opportunity that's really like match my um, need. So okay. when the city like, come up and um, some school presentation happened. So I attend to it and try to connect with um, people who's in that presentation and also try to connect with um, alum- Oxford alumni who's worked there. So I talked to a lot of people, at yeah, least three. To. Yeah, at least three okay. who works in the cities. 
so I know a lot of inside like culture, what to expect and what the internal process will be like. And then like it's become like it's also like a confirm that oh this company is really suit your this is work for me or not. It's I think like the concept that um you teach me like how look for like the school research is also can be applied for a job too. Like it's a job research. Is this match for what I need or not? Right. And it helps yeah. you with well, one, it helps you understand what you want. Like you said, yeah. researching Oxford helped mm-hmm. you understand you wanted Oxford. So I think that's the first function. But the second one is what we call signaling. It's an economic term, but it just means to show that you want something. Uh, mm-hmm. When you're applying for school, you're signaling this school research, classes, clubs, professors, right? Mm-hmm. When you're yeah. signaling to a company, it's, I've talked to three people who work there. Yeah, I, I know the I fit. I mentioned this. I talked to three people and they're like, wow. They say, wow, three people. Right? Because other <laughs> yeah. people just go, oh, I saw your job. Here's my resume. That's it, right? Yeah. Uh, signaling is really, really important uh, because the more you want them, the harder you're going to work, the more, you know, they, they believe that you really want to be a part of the company. You're going to work, uh, do well, contribute. Uh, so like you said, it, it's a, a lot of the similar process to the MBA application. Yeah. And like, um, and I think I'm very lucky like, that I talked to one alumni. She mentioned that uh, City just released like a press release. Uh, a few days ago so she suggested me to look at that like to see like what is the company direction what is the strategy what is their long-term plan so I look at that and mention this in an interview process so it's really show how like well prepared you are and how interested into how like how much you want to work with City. Absolutely. Again, that's a version of signaling, but it's a perfect version because it's not just like, this is what it says on Wikipedia. It's like three days ago, you did a press release. This came from this person said this exact thing. So it's the specificity of it Mm -hmm. uh, that's so helpful. And we try to do the same thing with school research, right? You could just look at the main page of the school, but you should talk to alumni, right? You should talk to current students. You should talk about, yeah. Uh, the more you know, the more you're going to impress those interviewers. Um, mm-hmm. Now, for Oxford, uh, for example, it you can have different types of interviewers. You can have an admissions officer. Uh, mm-hmm. You can have uh, a professor. Uh, right now, though, I think they're even using students sometimes. For Cambridge, it's almost always a professor. And oh, so those are different types of interviews. Very different from Oxford. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. But for Cambridge, do you re- remember talking to a professor? Oh, you, you mean like an interview process? Yeah, when you interview yes, for the yes. school. Yes. Yeah. yes, I talked to like entrepreneur professor. <laughs> That's what they, very, which is so. Chill, I would say. Was it? Good. You got lucky. Um, normally they try to match you with somebody from your background. So you just, uh, they just dig and dig and dig. It's such a technical interview. It's really, really rough. Uh, very few people walk out of Cambridge feeling good. They're like, it was okay. <laughs> I, right? I have to admit that I feel like in terms of interview process, I feel better when I have an interview with Cambridge than with Oxford. <laughs> Interesting, right? <laughs> but okay. I think like the question that I got from Oxford is quite difficult. Mm. They dig like it's not too technical, but they dig very deep in terms of their program. Yeah. School research. Yeah, they, okay. They talk they asked me about like that one of the project, which is uh, it's called Go Through Project. They said she said that do you know what is the project is and what 
will be the topic that you would suggest them to create in the next year. Wow. <laughs> Honestly, I, I have to like admit to them that uh, can you explain to me what is a Koto project? <laughs> I love it. We we talk. I mean, this is an interview strategy. We have to figure yeah. out smart ways to say I don't know, which is uh, I'm sorry. And it's I'm okay unfamiliar that you with don't that. know. Yeah, it is okay. Totally you don't fine. have to know everything. You can't just make stuff up, and you can't just give up, <laughs> right? So you say I'm sorry. I'm unfamiliar with that program. Can you tell me more? They tell you, and then you answer the question. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we have all sorts. Of, I mean, we do 36 hours of interview coaching minimum. Um, and in there, you cover all those what ifs, right? Because you don't know what you're going to get. Maybe you're going to get a yeah. chill entrepreneur professor, and it's going to be <laughs> behavioral and chatty. Uh, or it's going to be a deep dive into the school. Yeah, um, they mentioned a lot that Oh, this what they read from my essay already. And this is what happened in your resume. It's like, I don't want to hear about this. <laughs> right. I mean, they're calling. So that's called a non uh, blind interview, um, <laughs> which means they have read your stuff. And what uh, LBS is doing this a lot too is they signal that they've read your stuff and it's supposed to make you super nervous uh, because you're like, oh my God, you know everything about me. But first of all, this is a great reason why to you should work for six years, right? If, you've, yes. if you're only 24, you don't have that many stories. Yeah. Uh, so you're kind of, uh, again, there's a a reason to apply it uh, when you have more experience because you can not only do the application, but you can get through the interview as well. Mm -hmm. And the UK applications are already so detailed. I mean, the application Very. is two to 4,000 words long. They're huge. Um, your year. <laughs> Many short answers, short yep. essay too. <laughs> a lot. Yep. Uh, and so, and I think I love that you said both. Sometimes it's short answers. Sometimes it's short essays. Sometimes it's full essays. What they're doing now is they're hiding all their essays in the short answer because consultants yeah. <laughs> don't usually do short answers. Um, and Oxford, actually for year, your year, did they have the video, the instant video? Yes. Not just a video essay, writing too. Yeah. Like, you you also had the like instant writing essay. <laughs> yep. I think you were the first year that was uh, the situation. Yes, the first day. Uh, and the they first didn't year. warn you, right? I mean, I think we knew. They, uh, they were like, oh. I think they, they mentioned that there will be a writing uh, essay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Once you submit an application. Right. Uh, well, yeah, but I mean, at least the first, I remember the first round, the first year that it happened, nobody knew it was coming. And it was this really <laughs> stressful, terrifying thing. Fortunately, we do video essay prep for Kellogg. And well, it started out for Kellogg. Now L everybody does it. LBS has mm -hmm. a video. Um, uh, Oxford has the instant video. Kellogg has videos. Yale has videos. Imperial too. I Imperial think like my year is maybe like a very first year, I think. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, I mean, this is... I mean, it's kind of good that it's not just one school doing it because then you're getting mm -hmm. ready for all the schools. So we do yeah. another 10 or 20 hours of video essay as well. So um, I was telling somebody the other day, you're going to do, uh, oh, actually, I was talking to the CEO of, of SEG because uh, <laughs> because it's changed so much over the years. And so uh, his comment was, wow, this is not like it used to be, uh, <laughs> which is Exactly true, right? It's not yeah. you send in a, um, uh, some essays and the CEO recommends you, which obviously that's still a huge deal when, mm -hmm. you know, Kundrung Rot says, yeah. I like this person. Um, but he even he was understanding that, wow, this is really different from what I'm used to and we're going to have to prepare people differently. Yeah. Um, and so that's when I pointed out, 
yeah, we've been paid attention. Uh, and just so you know, <laughs> your scholars are getting 36 hours of group, another 10 to 20 hours of video. So, I mean, um, we also do English classes for them because a lot of them are engineers. So they may spend 100 hours with us on things that have nothing to do with writing. I mean, just verbal. Yeah. Um, and that's because the interview process, I, the application process in general has gotten so much harder. I think what verbal part is harder than the essay part. <laughs> much harder. I yeah, mean, much harder. give me three months with a piece of paper. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, you're fine. Uh, in an interview, you have half a second to decide what you're going to do, yeah, right? Like an interviewer might like decide whether to accept you like in the first few minutes. <laughs> yep. Um, when we talk to interviewers, they say that they know um, within the first minute or so whether they like somebody. Now, it doesn't mean you can't change their mind, but they know pretty it's quickly. Tough. <laughs> it's yeah. tough. Exactly. Uh, if you're spending uh, 29 minutes trying to fix the first minute, it's not gonna, <laughs> a great interview, right? So, yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we you know we try to get things kicked off on the right uh, foot and and manage all those things. But I love that you were able to get into Oxford, even though you got one of the harder questions you'll ever get, um, because it's not about you and it's super detailed, right? Yes. So you can't detail talk about yourself. About, <laughs> detail about the program. I never imagined I would get that question. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's literally a Wharton group interview question. So, for example, mm. Wharton will, uh, but they tell you three days ahead of time or now uh, several oh. days ahead of time. But they'll tell you, uh, we're, imagine we're creating a new class or a new trip or a new something. What would you suggest we change? That's a big deal. You're making a suggestion oh. to the top schools in the world. Wow. But you have days to prepare, and then you do it in a group, you and five other applicants discuss it. Wow. Yeah, yeah the Wharton interview is hard. So we do that as Very a separate hard. thing. Um, same thing, but LBS has a case study. We have to teach people case too. So uh, everything's hard. Uh, but but yeah, you basically got asked a question that for even the best, you know, the, a top three business school in the world would give you days to think about it, and you mm. were given a few seconds to think about a few it second. <laughs> right <laughs> to say it, to ask that what is this <laughs> yeah and then and then use that information to come up with an answer yes yes like they she spent i think she spent like one minute to explain what is go to so i have some time to think about it like right what will i suggest that's awesome yeah you use their talking time for your thinking mm -hmm. time <laughs> so uh, yeah interview coaching is so important and uh most most companies do one or two mock interviews, which it, that's the equivalent of if you play an instrument or a sport, it's like practicing the piano when no one taught you to play the piano <laughs> or practicing, you know, uh, tennis when no one coached you on tennis. Mm -hmm. Mock interview is not helpful if you haven't been taught the strategies. So, yeah. uh, you know, we do 30 hours of group that's strategies, then the six hours of mock, and then you can, you know, be ready. But I mean, and of course, you're going to spend time practicing on your own or practicing with other yes. people in your group. Uh, so it's just a lot of work. And so for people listening out there, uh, you know, Patty's been a huge success and you hear all these cool things for offers, managed to get scholarships, got this great offer at City, uh, gets to stay in the UK, but understand what it took to get there. It's really <laughs> yes, important it's, to understand none of this magically happened. Too. Yeah. A lot of effort, a lot of hard work, but also a lot of smart work, mm -hmm. you know, um, talking to the people from City, great. 
uh, great advice from your friend that said, read this press release. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, but for those that don't have friends that are telling you, d- do it anyway, right? Uh, right. I try to read like, what's in the you news. You can like look into it, like the link in the like maybe like warm call, cold call, like try to find like from like mutual friend first. And then if you cannot like maybe just cohort or maybe you what you can do is contact your like carrier team i got yeah. some like one contact from carrier team too and they nice. give me a very like high level like it's a uh P, um i think she's uh almost a president of city group so very high le- high level <laughs> that's amazing so you can yeah. do both right you're going to network with people your age and get one perspective but then mm-hmm. the school I mean, that's what people forget, right? The schools are amazing. I have a guy right now that's freaking out about he's going to the number two uh, data science program in the world. And so he's really nervous about what's going to happen when I show up. Um, And of course, you want to be prepared and we're happy to prepare him. But at the same time, I was like, you know what? One of the benefits of going to the best schools in the world is they have the best resources in the world. Yes. Yes. You know, they're good at this. (laughs) You know, Uh, a lot of people like willing to help you. Right. Um, and as you said, there's the website posting jobs, but mm-hmm. then they also have people visiting the school. Uh, mm-hmm. So yes, you have to work, but they give you a ton of help along the mm-hmm. way. So, um, so yes, when you're deciding your programs, you got to look for fit, uh, which is you know sustainability for you. But the other mm-hmm. thing is the reason the ranking matters is not just because it's famous with ties when you get back, or it's famous with the world, but the best schools tend to have the best resources. Yes. You know? um, these high-level people from these great companies are going to come talk to the best schools in the world when they may not show up at number 25, number 50, whatever. So uh, it yeah, there really is... Yeah, also mean a lot. Like, it it's, does. It's like your branding too, I think. A hundred percent. And not just on your resume, but in your resources. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to get a different experience. You're going to have better professors. You're going to have uh, better opportunities with the private sector. So, uh, so yeah, I think uh, that's a, something everybody should be thinking about. Uh, and I just love that we've kind of, you know, there were three th- main things that I wanted to cover. And obviously, it's evolved and been even better than I could have imagined. But uh my favorite things about your your profile and your experience was uh, that you knew that uh, you wanted to get several offers. And mm-hmm. so uh, a lot of people will say, if you can get Oxford or Yale, why would you apply to Imperial? Well, because you didn't know that. Yeah, you <laughs> right? don't know the, the data you apply. <laughs> right. Um, you know, there's the GMAT, there's the GPA, there's the TOEFL yeah, and the IELTS. I, I just got like... Not uh, I just got six hundred and ninety GMS call. It's not um over seven hundred, so it's quite risky too. Yeah, exactly. You're the exact. Well, actually, now I think that's av the average for Cambridge and Oxford. Yeah. Uh, but when you applied, it wasn't. It was seven hundred. Um, historically, it's about a seven hundred, seven ten. So you're coming mm-hmm. up a little bit behind, which means you have to work harder. Also, you're coming from an industry like auditing, which doesn't have the banking or the consulting uh, or tech is really, you know, exciting right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So just knowing those things, you realize I have to diversify and then you (laughs) hope that you get the best offers and then you do and you can celebrate. But uh, yeah, the day you got the Imperial offer, I love that it was the first one because you got to celebrate (laughs) Imperial. If it's the fourth one and you already have Yale, you may be like, eh. (laughs) 
um, and it's not because Imperial is not a great school. It's just, it's all relative, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, Imperial is a fantastic school. Uh, and I know lots of people that have gone there and gone on to do great things. But Oxford and Cambridge, of course, are the Yeah, it's depend of- on what, like, what you need. Right. It's, Imperial is very famous for like entrepreneur too. Right. And so there is a matter of fit, uh, but there's mm-hmm. also just the matter of, of ranking and you're not sure what's going to happen, right? Yeah. So Oxford and Cambridge are just special schools. Uh, they're great programs, but also you could tell any member of your family of any age that you went to Oxford and they'll be excited for you, right? Yeah. You could talk to your friends. They're like, cool. Uh, your cousin's cool. You could talk to your parents. Great. You could talk to your grandparents. They say great, right? Um, yeah. I interviewed uh, someone the other day who she went to Stanford MSX, which is like their executive MBA program. It's huge oh, deal. Um, yeah, huge and deal. Her, her dad had never heard of Stanford. <laughs> so, um, and I mean, these are you know, huge company, Forbes list, family business kind of people. But for a lot of ties, it's, it's Harvard, Oxford, Cambridge, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and so yeah. uh, she, it's a great, if you want to listen to that podcast, it's I think yeah. episode 10, I but it's so that. great because she, uh, she talks about how she, her dad wasn't, didn't really understand when she went. But then when she got back and she's working at the family business and he started saying, oh yeah, she just got back from Stanford everyone else was like wow and then he he was like <laughs> he's oh, such okay. a real life <laughs> yeah exactly so um so yeah you do have to think about as you said it's your brand right um and yes. you have to think about who you're branding with you're branded really well for the UK but of course everybody in the US knows Oxford and Cambridge and everybody in Thailand knows as well so mm-hmm. uh, i think you kind of kind of hit all the targets uh with those schools so that's yeah. exciting well, it has been fantastic to talk to you, to catch up with you. Uh, I love doing the podcast, one, because we get to learn so much from you. Um, this is for all the people out there that uh, I can tell them a lot of this stuff, but I don't get to talk to everybody, you know, but everybody can listen to the <laughs> yes. podcast. Uh, you know, we're super, we don't even do marketing. I mean, we're so busy that we don't advertise. Uh, so Yeah, a lot uh, of people apply this year too. <laughs> yeah, it's too very much. competitive and, you know, we're just a very in a very fortunate uh, spot. Um, mm-hmm. but we do want to make sure that we help people that we can't talk to, or that maybe aren't even going to use consulting. Uh, that's another mm-hmm. thing people ask, right? Do I have to use a consultant? The answer is no, you don't have to. It's easier. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also there's a huge gap between a good consultant and just any consultant. So I would say use a good consultant, great consultant or no consultant. Um, so, mm-hmm. uh, but anyway, the, the, the goal is, and I think you've definitely accomplished that today is you you're helping a lot of people. Um, that may not have the network you have where you can't just reach out and talk to people that have gone to these schools or worked at these companies. And they definitely deserve our help as well. Uh, and mm-hmm. so it's really nice to be able to help those people. Uh, and and we've covered so many cool things. We got to, you, usually you and I just exchange line messages and there's yes. like a, a hello there and a congratulations uh, here. But, um, but it's so fun to get to talk to you at this length. And, yeah, and again, nice to talk to, to you again, too. Yeah, right. it's been a while. I mean, because we, <laughs> yeah, we get to talk so much early on. I know, yeah. but it's such a gap, right? You spend so much time talking and together and, uh, and you get so close to people, um, whoever that is, uh, mm-hmm. including the people that were, you know, are applying with you, the people that are interviewing yeah. with you. And then life happens. Uh, and, and of course, things change a little bit. So it's great to get to catch up. Uh, 
And then as far as what I was hoping to accomplish, I think we've nailed it. We got to talk about getting into multiple schools, leveraging that to get your scholarships, getting money out of Oxford when they didn't <laughs> offer it initially. Um, and then what is the experience? It's everything you wanted it to be. Sustainability mm -hmm. is part of the accounting class. Love it. <laughs> uh, and then how do you get a job um, in a short program? Uh, and yeah. uh, people it's think- It's not that difficult, but it's not easy. You have to take an, a lot of effort. <laughs> right. But if you try, it is possible. It's not yes. like you have to do a two-year program to get mm -hmm. an internship, to get a job. Yeah. You can do it through these one-year programs. But as you point out, you got to be watching the website. You got to attend these events. You got to um, do your research, nail your interviews, all those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And that the interview skills carried over, signaling, managing, uh, all those things. For example, because such as conflict action result, uh, <laughs> those things are going to carry you're going to carry those things around forever. You know, they're just kind of mm -hmm. part of who you are now. Um, so yeah, we covered everything I was hoping to and more. So I really just want to thank you so much for, for the, the hour of time. Also for everybody listening, this is Sankran. So you're home for the holidays to visit your family and you've taken an hour out of that to talk to me. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you too, Dane. Yeah. Thank it you is... for inviting me. It's like, I really happy to share like any, any things or like any, um, doubtful or like insightful from um, Oxford University's MBA program. Really happy. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Obviously, I know you talk to one person at a time and you want to build up the program and you want to help people and that everybody wants to help. Right. Um, mm -hmm. But the podcast is cool because you get to help a lot of people yeah. at one time. So, no, I think this is a, a perfect situation for both of us. So thank you again. Get back to your family in Sankran. Go enjoy the holiday. Uh, <laughs> but you. really appreciate it. Uh, and uh, Patty, uh, everyone, uh, this was a, a great talk. And, and thank you for being here today. Okay. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Goodbye.